part two of our interview with former plural wife Kathleen Covington next on Polygamy, What Love Is This? Hi, and welcome to this audio edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. On this program, we discuss polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism from a biblical Christian perspective. We talk about the history of polygamy, its modern-day fruit, share stories from people who have escaped polygamy, and talk about current events relating to polygamy. You can learn more about the video edition of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. And now, here's Doris. Welcome back to Polygamy, What Love Is This? We have a continuing conversation with former plural wife Kathleen Covington, whose roots go way back into actually the birth of the fundamentalist Mormon polygamy movement with, uh, within the FLDS and the All Reds and the breakup and split of the two and so on. She was raised in the AUB, the, which is also known as the All Red Polygamy Group. Her grandfather was Rulin C. Allred, who was the leader of the All Red Group, and then she has roots that go back to um, her her grandfather, who was a follower of Joseph Musser, which goes way back. And so I'd like to welcome you back, and we'll continue our conversation again. Okay, thank you. And thanks for sharing what you're doing. We talked last time about uh, that so many people who are from polygamy uh, groups are afraid or they, they just have a distaste of telling their stories, and yet it's so important to get the truth out and to let the people know or let our viewers know it really does go on behind the scenes in these polygamy groups. So we were we ended last time and you were right in the middle of telling about uh, your reaction and the reaction of the people around you uh, when Rulin Allred, your grandfather, was shot. Uh, so um, what did you know at the time? How old were you when that happened and, and what was your reaction? What were the people around you, their reaction? Um, I was 17. Um, it happened May 10th, 1977, and um, that morning one of the wives had called to get a prescription from him for one of the children who was sick, so we had just contacted him and like it was only like an hour of that later that um, he was actually shot and killed, so it was surreal. Mm -hmm. um, and our reaction was mostly fear. Now the, now the government's going to get down on us. Now the government's going to take away our children. Now they're going to um, do something to us. And so it was mostly fear. So, so the big fear was the government. Yeah, the government was going to take Not us away. Not Herbal LeBaron, who actually ordered the shootings. Were, were there a lot of fear involved with, with that part of it? Uh, we knew about the targets that Herbal LeBaron had. Um, and if our name wasn't on there, and we were just weren't that important players with Herbal Baron, so our fear was more government, what the government's mm -hmm. going to do now that grandfather's dead, than than what Herbal Baron was going to do. So uh, when Rulin was died, his uh, his brother was it his brother who took over. Yes, Owen mm -hmm. Owen Allred took over the leadership. Did you have a good relationship with him? Um, he knew who I was, and one of his wives, Anna, was a sweetheart, and I used to go over there, but and I saw him every once in a while, but um, I didn't have much of a relationship with him, no. Mm. Uh, from what I understand, he wasn't known as that kind and gentle man like Rulon. No, he was a little more gruff, um, a little more, a little more distant, um, at least to me. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's go back now to your uh, plural marriages. We uh, we landed on 
your first plural, your first marriage with, right. John, Daly. Uh, with John Daly, and uh, you had three children, and you decided that you would leave and divorce him. Um, and you were 17 when you married him. You had three kids. Mm -hmm. The youngest was six months when you decided to leave him. What do you go through when you want to divorce? You're in a plural marriage, and you want to divorce your husband. What, what do you, in the AUB, what do you have to do to get divorced? Um, <laughs> it's If you are looking for another husband, which I was and I found, um, it's not that hard, but they didn't divorce me until, or release me is the word they use, mm -hmm. until right before I was married to, to Dennis Matthews. They released me at the same um, ceremony that they married me to Dennis Matthews. Really? Yeah. So I had. Oh my word! Yeah, there was no that freedom. That makes your marriage special, doesn't it? Oh yeah. <laughs> Married and divorced in the same ceremony. Oh, mm -hmm. that's that's very strange. So so, ha, ha, from the actual time that you left your husband, uh, John Daly. Mm -hmm. Well, he wasn't your real husband, but you thought he was, um, and got married. What what period of time? Three months three months between your leaving him and mm -hmm. getting married with your second plural yes. marriage. Okay. Um, so you married Dennis Matthews. Tell us how you met him. Or why did you decide to marry him? He was married to my sister. I thought he was awesome. What was awesome about him? Um, just he looked nice. He presented himself good. His women looked like they were happy. He. He had all the appearance of what I thought I wanted, and um, found out it was pure hell, pure hell. Yeah, yeah. So you married him, yeah, and got divorced and married him the same, the same day. Mm -hmm. um, how long did it take you to find out that he wasn't that awesome man that you thought he was? <laughs> Within a week or two. No, was he abusive? Emotionally, very much so. Um, spiritually very much so. Um, Explain some of what you mean by emotional and spiritual abuse that he... Well he claimed my daughter who was three was a child molester and always would be from day one. He claimed your daughter was a child molester? At the age of three and there was nothing that could be done about it. And that would be the daughter from your previous marriage? Mm -hmm. And then he tried going after John Daly for it and when the government, uh, the Child and Family Services, went after Dennis to check in on him, it was my fault, even though I wasn't the one who turned him in. Did you discover that being part of a plural family, that the women usually get the blame for everything that happens that's not good? Uh, in Dennis's family, it was my fault, no matter what it was. I told him about a dog that he had that was not good with children, and when the dog bit one of the kids, it was my fault. So why so. was why would it be your fault? Why why yours rather than his other wives? Was there a because reason? I'd said something about it, and they didn't. Did you had the nerve to talk up, speak yeah. up? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And did that happen all through your marriage with? Oh him? yeah, time and time and time and time again. And how long were you married to him total? Um, about eight, eight and a half years. How many kids did you have with him? Five. So you had a total of eight children from two mm -hmm. polygamous marriages? Yes. Five kids with him. How did he treat his children? Depending on which wife it was. How did he treat your children? They could never do anything right. They were constantly trying to get acceptance, and it was never good enough. So there was favoritism? There's still favoritism. With that. Um, how many sister wives did you have total with Dennis Matthews? Um, he had one that left him when he, he went into polygamy. I was the 
the third one there again, or the fourth one. Um, and he eventually had six plural wives living at the same time. Did you all live together? Did you have separate homes, living quarters? He had us live together. Yeah. Oh, my word. Yeah. That would have been a challenge. How many kids total did he have with all the wives? Um, I've heard recently that he has over 50. But that time, though, how many did he, what, what children were there? Do you know? Uh, just several. <laughs> you couldn't count. You can't remember how many, huh? <laughs> okay. Um, Dennis Matthew is an infamous character in, in polygamy circles. Yes. Uh, there's a lot about him. I've heard, I've heard about Dennis, Dennis Matthew from people in the FLDS, from people in the Kingston group, from people in the Harmston group, and, of course, with your experience with him and others uh, within the AUB. In fact, the first time we ever talked about him was years ago when we were doing the live show on TV20, and I had a guest, John Llewellyn, who had written a book about a woman by the name of Virginia Hill, um, who had uh, been, uh, she had given them somewhere around a million dollars, but they had stolen all that money from her. Owen and Dennis Matthew was involved with that. Um, do you have information that, that was going on at that time? Did oh, you yeah. know that was going on? And yeah. What happened with all like, No, the intention what? was never to let her have the money. Then um, They were to take the money. She had it in gold and, and jewelry and different things like that. And they were to transfer it over into hard cash and buy um, a ranch or a, a farm s close by in uh, southern Utah. And John, uh, Dennis Matthews actually took about two years to convince Owen Allred that um, it was a good idea that he would help Dennis so Matthews out. So it was Dennis's idea to do it, is that? Um, Dennis, another friend of his, John Putvin, um, had heard about it and put Dennis in, and Dennis is the one that basically to my best understanding and remembrance, orchestrated the whole thing. He's the one who brought um, Owen Allred on board. He's the one who picked up the money from Virginia Hill. I was in one of the trips that he went to pick up some of the money. They put it in the trunk and, um, you know, of his car, and then he drove it, and then he would show us, oh, look at this. This has got all this money in it. It's, you know. Mm. Um, and he eventually convinced Owen Allred to help him launder the money so that it could be used to purchase this place. They didn't get by with it though, what happened? It took Virginia Hill a long time and the statute of limitations um, they claimed was up. They were able to get a judge to okay that and they fought it and won. And the, but she had, the, the reason it had not gone up is because she'd been trying to find somebody that would take her case. Because, you know, when you get into polygamy cases, uh -huh. anything to do with, um, with laws and attorneys, they know how to cook the books and change things and, and make things appear that just don't exist. Mm -hmm. They give you several documents of the same thing or different things and several pages of, of something that's not even relevant to prove their point. It's just one of those things. So mm -hmm. if you're dealing with a polygamous case, you're dealing with a lot of extra Mm -hmm. um, extra work that is just made there as to keep people from finding the truth. So I have a question here that as a, as a Christian, which I wasn't when I was in the group, neither were right. you, 
But now as a Christian, I have to ask, when you hear stories of this kind of deceit and coercion and theft and lying about it, uh, what do they think they're God? I mean, they say, live polygamy or God's going to be angry at you. You have to do this or God's going to get mad at you or you're going to go to hell if you don't do that. And yet they can go out and do all of these deceitful things that go against known commandments. There's no known commandment that thou shalt live polygamy, but there is a known commandment, thou shalt not um, steal, thou shalt not lie, thou shalt, yeah. you know, and they do all those things. Mm -hmm. What do you, do you have any insight into what kind of a God do they think they serve? Well, it's easy. They're living a higher law. Anything that promotes polygamy is okay and justifiable before their God. It's and, just, and so stealing a million dollars from Virginia Hill helped was okay him live because, polygamy. Yeah, it promoted polygamy. It gave polygamists my cash money to do what they were thought they needed to do. Not to support their families, though. Yeah, not to support families, you know, whatever. It's, it's to promote polygamy. So they eventually were told they had to pay the money back, weren't they? Yes. What happened? Um, the followers of the AUB ended up having to leave their homes and properties and different things like that. Um, they um, helped through um, extra means to help pay that money back. Yeah. So so the, the Owen Allred and Dennis Matthews and the others that didn't personally suffer for what they did, it was other people who suffered. It was other people who suffered. From what they did. So she got all of her money back and what happened to Virginia? I have no idea. I haven't followed her. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so um, we were going to talk about that a little later, but it just it just came up. So uh, now you'd, we've talked about the abuse in your marriages by uh, either or both husbands. Was there any physical sexual abuse going on that you're aware of? Um, I sensed a lot of weird stuff happening, but I never saw it. So I don't have anything that's documentable. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was strange that... Um, my ex would have my daughter that she claimed was an abuser um, privately as a teenager at 13 years old and his, locked in his office for eight hours at a time with low-cut um, blouses and uh, short shorts. I just mm -hmm. thought that was really strange and when I said, hey, this isn't right, I was attacked by both him and her for not allowing that. So nothing came of that then that that anybody. No, is aware you don't go. Of. You don't talk to the government. You don't get any. Right. You know because the government's the enemy. Yeah. So anything that could help you, is uh, you know discounted and pushed over as you know they're not going to understand we're mm -hmm. living the higher law. This is, you know, and then you have to keep in order with your husband in order to get an eternity. He's the one that latch you in the gates. So if you don't have a husband who says, oh, you're a righteous woman. There's no way in the world God's going to accept you. So you've got to like just bite the bullet and take whatever hell he has to dish out to you. So was that verbally threatened or held over your head dur while you, during your marriages? That if you don't straighten up, I'm not going yeah. to open the gates Many of times. to you? Many times. Did it ever occur to you that Jesus was the Savior, not your husband? Uh, yeah, it did. And I thought it was strange. But, you know, I'm going along with what I was taught. Yeah, I know. I understand. Yeah. 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 Okay, uh, now several people who leave polygamy, mm -hmm. that I've talked with several, I'm sure you have as well, plus from people who help people after they leave or help people get out, 
um, and, and work with them, virtually everyone has said that there is rarely anyone who comes out of polygamy group that has not been sexually abused or uh, experienced maltreatment. From your knowledge and experience, would you say that that would be accurate? Definitely. Um, you have spiritual abuse, you have neglect, you have um, emotional abuse. I mean, I, I don't know if you've ever been emotionally beaten, but it's hell. Oh. Um, yes, ma'am. You, you don't want it. And he did that because nobody could see it. In fact, he bragged. He says, I'm never going to beat you because if you do that, you can prove that I did it. But if I do it to you emotionally, there is no way anybody can prove that. So he told you that. And you uh -huh. have to put up with it because if you don't, then I won't call you into heaven exactly. when the time comes. Mm -hmm. So in the Kingston group, I think everybody's aware of it, and, and, but not as much with the FLDS, but definitely with both groups. There's a lot of incest. Um, sisters and brothers, half-sisters and brothers marrying each other in the Kingston group, uncles and nieces and so on, and cousins a lot in the FLDS. Does that go on in the Allred group? It's starting. I understand really? um, they're okay first, or at least second cousins, and, and in some cases first cousins to intermarry. But in the past, it has not been so at all. It's against the law, well, like the law matters to them, but it is mm -hmm. against the law in Utah for, for closer than third cousins to get married. Do they know that? Do they care? I don't think it matters. They're living a higher law. They're justified in whatever they do to promote right. polygamy. Right. Right. It's okay. God accepts them because they're living a higher law. Mm -hmm. They're above the law. And it doesn't bother them that, that you are aware of that a higher risk of birth defects from um, this? I don't think don't? that's even something they concerned with. Huh? Yeah. Okay, we've talked a little bit about this, but let's go into more detail. Pecking order. The pecking order with plural wives, um, the pecking order with the, the sister wives and their children as they relate to each other. How can you tell us about that? Is there um, any? Is it bad? The pecking it's, order is usually in who's in with the husband the closest. Not the first wife necessarily? Just It's who's. not always the first wife. Um, you know, it just depends on who appears to be the most accepting of whatever nonsense that the husband has. Um, with Dennis's case, it was my full sister. She was the she was the second or third, depending on how you look at it. And essentially, anything he said goes. Um, I remember talking to her one time about some some stunt he had pulled that was just off the wall, and she was agreeing with me. And then he walked in and said it never happened, and she said he never said that. And she would not admit that he never said that because he told her he never said that. Mm-hmm. And I think she would do that to keep her position, or did she really believe him? I think she felt she feels uh, she spent some time with George Maycock. Um, I think she feels that that her position is to support her husband and give her free agency to him, no matter what. Um, Dennis's teaching is is that the wife, you know, that obeys the husband, will be justified in heaven for doing what her husband says, no matter how bad it is. So for our viewers who maybe wouldn't understand what giving her free agency to him is, it would be that, that they obey their husband no matter what because they get greater blessing right. in heaven because of it. And, and even with the Kingston group and others, um, what they say is if the one above you tells you to do something, even if it's wrong, you do it and you'll be blessed. Exactly. And then if it's wrong, then the person who told you to do it will be the one that has to 
um, pay the consequences in, exactly. with God, with God. Exactly. But that's definitely not what the Bible teaches, is no. it? Absolutely no, not. Not even close. Um, our free agency uh, that the that the Mormons and the polygamous use is not biblical in any sense of the word. Okay, so you've been married to Dennis Matthew. You've had uh, five kids, eight and a half years of marriage. You want out. What was it that that made you decide to get out and how was it difficult? I mean, did he make it very difficult for you to do that? Um, I finally decided that there was really nothing keeping me. There was no reason for me to stay in the marriage. I'd been shunned for years. Even the wives were not allowed to talk to me or have an association or be friends with me. Uh, while you were still married to him? Yeah, yeah, because I was not his favorite wife and because I might say something that I shouldn't. And so every time I tried making friendship with one of the women. So every time you exerted your free agency. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you were shot down. Yeah, then he ordered them not to have me over and ordered them not to talk to me. Hmm. So, so they didn't. So they didn't. They did what they were told. So where were you living? Were you still living in the same house with them or living separately at that time? At that time, it was separately. We were in a little, um, in the middle of nowhere in a place called Pleasant Valley. And um, I had my own trailer that I had fixed up myself or with the help of somebody else a little bit. And, you know, I'd done the wiring, I'd put the walls in, I put the floor in, I did the tile, whatever. Um, and because he couldn't, he was gone all the time. And when he came, he never came to see me anyway, because I was just, I had to repent because I'd gone on food stamps without his permission. Hmm. You thought for yourself once. Yeah. I yeah. had committed fornication uh, by getting on food stamps because it was against... That what, was fornication? That's fornication. And the... And the the, the bishop up there backed that up. I had committed fornication, and he would not spend any time with me until uh, he felt that I had paid the price. Okay, so but it's probably more of a blessing not to. It was a blessing. <laughs> come around. Okay. I didn't think so at the time because I still wanted a relationship, but it was more of a blessing. Oh, so you still wanted to stay? I still wanted, wanted to stay. I still wanted to work it out with him, and then one day it was just like I'm going to lose all my children if I don't leave. It's going to get worse. My children were taught to hate me. My children were taught to disrespect me. My children were taught they didn't have to do anything because I was just not who I should be. Well, and you know what? When, when, when a father treats their mother uh, and their children see him treating her badly, then they believe that that is permission for them to treat her badly as well. Mm -hmm. So it takes away get. the respect they should give to her. That happens in any marriage. That will happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, did he treat his? Did he treat your children okay? No, no, they were they were bad. They had did problems. You, they were not up to par. They were not as good as. Uh, were the parents abusive to kids? Now I've heard many people from the All Red group, many, say that they they do a lot of physical abuse with their children. Uh, my some of my children were physically abused by the other wives. Um, and I couldn't say anything about it because I had no right. I, w I would go to work and they would take care of my children and um, they would do what they wanted to with them because they knew that no matter what they did and no matter what I said, uh, Dennis would always be there to put me in my place. Mm -hmm. So when, when people escape polygamy, they're often very frightened. Some, some are afraid of God, you know. God's going to come after. He's going to get me. There's going to be retribution from him because I dare to leave. Did you have that fear of God when you left or fear of Dennis 
when you I, left? I had fear. I had no fear of God because I knew the stories that Dennis was passing around me were not true and that God knew they weren't true. And so that was the only thing I had to hang on to. But I still had the belief system. But mm -hmm. I knew God knew that, that, that the things that Dennis was saying about me and my children were lies. But I did have fear of Dennis and the group and what they would do to me. Mm -hmm. And I tried uh, reconciling it. I tried tiptoeing around it. I tried pacifying it. And it didn't work. It, you know you know darn well with a bully when you try pacifying him. It just says, oh, I oh, can do more. It gives them more permission to continue. Mm -hmm. That is exactly true. Did he support you? Did he no. economically support you? How did you, did you support yourself then? You said you went on food stamps. You I did went on food stamps. They called him into the office to get child support because I was getting it from the government. He gave a sob story about all the women and children he had to support. So he was only paying $75, uh, supposedly supposed to pay only $75 a month. He never paid that. He was like $30,000 in the hole and the Utah state government forgave him every penny. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Um, it doesn't surprise you after this last no. snap deal with uh, FLDS and, you know, they just slap no. their hands and tell them they walk away. Yeah. Walk away free to do it again. So were you afraid of anything or anybody? I mean, you, you weren't afraid was, of God, but no. were you afraid of, of anybody else when you were made the decision to leave? Dennis, he was still bugging me. He was still chasing me. He was calling my kids when I wasn't home and telling them how to treat me and what to do. Um, he was you know, he was manipulating. I remember one time um, I didn't have gas money for the kids to go visit him and he pushed it and pushed it and pushed it and uh, finally my son said, I'll pay the gas money. He took my car. I said, you've got to fill it with oil before you leave and he blew the engine on the way out. But that was my fault. It was your fault. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, well, we, we are getting, uh, we still have a couple of minutes left. Sorry. A little over a minute left for this one. But, um, uh, so we will we'll cover your legal dif difficulties of this uh, in the next, we're going to do part mm -hmm. three of this interview. But we'll, so we'll cover those difficulties and the, the custody of fighting for your children, which was horrendous. Now, people uh, who escape from polygamy, especially the females, um, they think that they're going to be able to escape victimization and exploitation when they get out. And yet, and, and we'll find out in your story on the next, uh, you know, on the third part, that we have to, the, the females have to fight even harder for their rights, even harder. Uh, so they're re-victimized over and over again. Would you say that that yes. is what happened with you? With the help of the Utah state government. With the help of, of the legal system. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about that. Of course, when people leave, they have rarely have resources, uh, proper education, so that they can't support themselves. And the polygamy groups um, exploit that as well. Oh, yeah. In fact, they know that you are at their mercy. At their mercy at that. So um, you, we're going to talk about you being uh, forced to, to deal with your children and, and, and your losses as you left the polygamy group too. So uh, thank you, Kathleen, for sharing. Again, we're gonna do part three of her interview of leaving, and we're gonna get down to what happened after she left and what she did with her life after she got out. Thanks.
Kathleen again for coming. And, and we do thank her for sharing her story with us. It's, it's very, it takes a lot of courage to come and share these painful memories. And uh, most of all, we want people to understand the acute pain that most people do suffer, especially women from polygamy groups. The smiley faces of shows like Sister Wives do not tell the true story. Uh, but the most important thing to know, for them to know, is that polygamists think that they're pleasing God for living polygamy. But they do need to know that God has nothing to do with it. Pleasing God is when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior for salvation. This has been the audio podcast edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? This program is a production of A Shield and Refuge Ministry and Main Street Church of Brigham City. You can view current and past video episodes as well as download audio episodes of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance in leaving a polygamous situation, please contact us. We are here to help. All of our contact information can be found at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 877-425-9993. If you have any questions or comments about this or any of our other programs, we'd love to hear from you. Write us at email at whatloveisthis.tv. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again.